Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for April has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E, fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. My guest this week is Brother Gabriel Mosier. He's a Dominican friar in Oakland, California, and he's putting technology to use in the friary. How's it going, Gabriel? Yeah, it's going well, Brett. Um, so you, you're, you're a monk. Yeah, pretty much. A friar. Is a friar and monk the same thing? Uh, they're close. Um, the difference between a, a monk and a friar effectively, at least for us, is that usually a monk lives in a monastery and he doesn't leave. Whereas a friar, uh, we were, we were developed during the middle ages when the cities were developing. So we're kind of like monks in the city. So we would leave our monastery, or as we call it, a, a priory, to priory. go do work out in the yeah to do work out in the town. Wow, I'm learning so much already. I don't. Uh, I have no background in Catholicism, or much uh, much outside of Southern Baptist and Evangelical Free Churches. So this is going to be educational for me. Hey, it's the story of Western Civ. <laughs> um. So let's see, you, you basically, you, you lead a life that I always thought eschewed technology. Is that, is that not the case? And if, if not, when did it change? Not necessarily. I mean, monks, friars, uh, clergy were always on what they would now say, you know, on the bleeding edge of technology and sciences and whatnot throughout history. Uh, there was a time, I would say probably after the French Revolution, where there was a kind of a, a call back to a certain type of austerity that eschewed um, modern devices and different modes of living. Just because the, the modern world and the contemporary world moves very quickly and our life, because it's mostly directed towards the life of contemplation, is a more reflective sort of life. And modern sort of productivity and activity is kind of counter to that. However, at the same time, we're, my, my order in particular, our, our proper name is the Order of Preachers. We're called to be in the city square. We're called to be right in the middle of everything. So it's, it's a difficult tension for us. Uh, the monk generally isn't going to have much technology in his cell and his monastery or whatnot. But for the Dominican, I think it's actually essential. Uh, I think you said to me at one point that there was actually a call to the friars to be present online. Absolutely. In fact, it was back in 2001. This was before I was a Dominican. In particular, I remember John Paul II, he uh, gave a speech for the World Day of Communications. This happens every year in the church. And he just exhorted religious and priests to be online. He said that this is the new continent for evangelization. So it's proper that that we would be in the midst of that sphere, just like any other sphere. Now, I know you told me when I met you at Macworld that there was a word for basically how much friars were allowed to drink. There was a Latin phrase. What was that? <laughs> um, ad hilaritatem. And that means? To uh, 
to hilarity, to delight, <laughs> to, to laughter. So is there a similar phrase for uh, online presence? Is there a, a moderation? There isn't, but that's the principle, is moderation. And actually, that's, that's kind of what uh, Mac and different more recent technologies, especially iOS, has actually helped me achieve, I believe, to some degree, is a certain parity between offline work and, and life and, and prayer, contemplation, study, and just knowing what's going on in the world and engaging it in the way that I do. All right. So let's back up a little bit and, and tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are right now, as far back as you want to go. Okay. Well, I think that uh, I could go back to when I was at Texas A&M. I was studying to be an officer of Marines. That's after high school. I graduated high school in 98 and uh, went there. And I didn't do too well, actually, uh, neither in, in my academic studies nor in my uh, work towards being an officer of Marines. And so I left and kind of floundered around a little bit. And eventually, I decided to kind of return to the practice of my faith, which I hadn't done for a long time. And within a year, it was weird, within a year, I was studying to be a priest. Uh, I went from nothing to studying to be a priest. Then um, after that, I decided that I needed to leave that form of lifestyle, just simply studying to be a priest for my local archdiocese and do something else. And so again, I floundered a little bit for a while. And then I came to a realization that I needed to enter religious life. And so I did that about seven years ago. I entered the Dominican order and started studies to be a priest here. And uh, just I just took my solemn vows this last year, which means I'm here for life. So there's no more floundering around. And uh, this, coming, this coming spring, I'll be ordained to the diaconate. And the following year, I'll be ordained to the priesthood. Wow. Um, so have you, it sounds like you have not always been a person who took things to their logical conclusion, but something, something made you decide to go all in on this. Is that, is that, well, first, is that fair to say? To some degree, I, I think that I've always tried to do my best, but for most things in my life, I think I've held back a little bit. When I decided to enter the Dominican order, I just said, you know what, this is it. I'm going in feet first. And if I fail at this, then okay, then I'll do something else. But I mean, I started selling everything. It was crazy. Like I, I, there was nothing for me to rest on if I, if I left the order afterwards. I'd have to start from the beginning. And, and how big, a, how big a, a fall would that have been? Like how much stuff did you have coming out of college? Not much out of college. Uh, I did fairly well working for John Hancock for a while. Uh, I was mostly in the financial world and selling. Uh, I did. I sold life insurance for a time and whatnot, and I did okay. I did. I did well enough for a single man, and it wouldn't have been a huge fall. But the problem was mostly debt. Uh, when, <laughs> when, when you fall into a negative number, <laughs> it's even worse than falling to zero. Sure, sure. See, I have this. Uh... Well, I guess I went from an extremely religious family to atheism, basically. And, and the, to me, there was, I think, probably the opposite kind of experience you had, 
but there was just a moment where I decided that that it wasn't for me. So what was the moment for you that that made you decide initially to go into, well, let's say studying for priesthood? There really wasn't a moment. It was funny. I was at dinner with the new priest of the parish and he just asked me if I'd considered being a priest and I thought he was insane. And I just kind of looked at him as if he had seven heads and we continued our meal. And then it was just something I couldn't get out of the back of my head. I mean, even before that, my, my progression from not practicing my faith in any way, shape or form to uh, doing that, to practicing it again, was more of just a, a simple decision. There was no, there was no magnificent sort of Monty Python-esque kind of door opening in the sky. No, it was no just, epiphany for you? No, no epiphany. It was just simple decisions. Just like, this needs to happen. That sounds true. This looks historically good, et cetera, et cetera. It was very simple, very ordinary. All right. Well, back to your earlier point or your previous point. I've I've been I've been considering what would happen if everything went wrong with my new kind of my independent developer lifestyle that I've embarked on. If everything went wrong, I keep thinking, well, hey, I'll I'll cut ties, I'll live off the land rather than <laughs> rather than go back to work. Um I just keep thinking that would be possible and then my wife told me that I'm in no shape to farm. I thought, how hard can it be to raise chickens so I can live off of eggs? Hey, you know, well, they're foul, after all. I mean, <laughs> it's something you could do. <laughs> I, I had a job, prior to becoming a vegetarian, I had a job on a dairy farm. And I, uh, I've slaughtered my fair, of chicken, my fair share of chickens. And I feel like I could do that again. But my wife is vegetarian again after we stop being vegetarian. But enough about me. Well, but you could you could do the uh, you could do the uh, Portlandia thing. I only you know, saw two episodes of that. You'll have to explain. Oh yeah, no, the first episode uh, of Portlandia where they end up on the cultic free range chicken farm. It's it's beautiful. Like you have to see it. It's 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 just season one, episode one of Portlandia. It's brilliant. And, you know, they know the name of the chicken that they're going to eat and whether he had friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, I have been in that position. And, yeah. Uh, and, and very shortly after, I did become a vegetarian. Yeah, I think working on a poultry farm would make me a vegetarian, too. Yeah, well, I, there, I think Tom Waits said there's always a lot of killing to be done around the farm. And uh, what was that, Murder in the Red Bar? Do you listen to Tom Waits? No, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, there was, I wasn't, it didn't seem to bother me while I was there, but it kind of took its toll over the next year. And then I got served one bad lamb chop dinner and I said, that's it. I'm not eating meat anymore. And I didn't for 17 years. Oh my gosh. So it's possible for me to make strong, firm decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's kind of our prerogative as people. You know, the will is an amazing thing. I mean, we can, we can pretty much achieve nearly anything just by asserting our will. Uh, it, it's really tremendous. I think sometimes we downplay it. Are there, are, uh, you seem to be a pretty, uh, I, I will call it sturdy personality. 
Um, and I'll explain that a little bit, but okay. It, this question will explain what I'm asking is, um, are there brothers and you don't have to name names and I don't even mean in your priory, but are there, are there brothers that have like ADHD, bipolar, things like that? And, and do they deal with it entirely through prayer and meditation? There are tons of guys that suffer with ADHD and other psychological issues. And no, for us, mostly we believe very firmly that God gave man his intellect to make things. And one of those things is medication. So a number of our brothers would be on medication if that's appropriate or not, if they think it's not appropriate. A lot is a lot. We, we really do champion the, the human intellect and the human will and what man can achieve. We, we set limits and, bear, and boundaries based off of ethical norms. But, but yeah, no, I think, I think that it would be perfectly reasonable. In fact, some people argue that it'd be essential that a friar would seek the ordinary means through normal medication and whatnot before or at least concurrent with things like more time in prayer and meditation and other sorts of calming techniques. I greatly appreciate that stance. It's reasonable, no? I think I think it's very reasonable. I think it's far more reasonable than than people who won't send their children to doctors and alt for prayer. Um anyway, that that whole <laughs> the whole situation makes me gets me riled up. Um so Likewise. yeah, I, I very much appreciate that that stance. That's very cool. What about and and I didn't warn you about this question because I hadn't thought of it until just now. Okay. But um what about addiction? Do you it'd be, it'd be the same thing. Do it, is there a twelve step program for, for priests? Uh there's a lot of twelve step programs for priests. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the funny things is is that uh you know if you're in a 12 step program you probably have a priest in it and you don't know no i uh i've been enough to know that there's usually some religious figure in in the midst i i i'm i've been in the the thick of it enough to see that addiction is something that affects everybody and all walks of life i don't care who you are and i just and i know that there are you know, uh, people in your sect, in your uh, uh, what, occupation, yeah, sure, that would have to suffer from it. And I oh, just, yeah, I just I see it based on what you've said so far. It sounds like there would be a ton of options for dealing with it. Whereas in like an Amish community, I think people would self destruct. I think so. Yeah. In fact, the the brothers have a great support structure for. Uh, those of our number that have some sort of problem that needs to be dealt with. They're very kind and they're very patient and generous. I could do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I'm going to take our first sponsor break and then I want to talk about your iPad among many other things. Sounds good. Our first sponsor today is HostGator.com, a premier web hosting provider. If you're looking to start a website, HostGator can help you get started with monthly hosting plans, one-click installs, and a ton of other features that make getting your site up and running easy. If you're a more advanced user or a business, HostGator can take care of you with reseller plans, VPS, and dedicated servers. 
HostGator guarantees 99.9% uptime and no problems, no matter what your size or needs are. If you're a WordPress user, you're going to love their one-click installs and optimized hosting platform. When you host with HostGator, you get unlimited disk space and bandwidth, and they have free site builder tools that are super easy to use. But if you find yourself needing any help, they also have 24-7 support to ensure that everything is running smoothly. So head on over to HostGator.com to learn more. And when you decide to purchase, don't forget to use the coupon code DANSENTME and get 30% off of everything at HostGator.com. Now, in this in this uh, read, in the information they gave me, they spelled insure uh, with an I. Oh. And things like that, like, catch my brain while I'm reading them. And I, I lose track of where I am because I want to go back and fix the typo. Your your brain fascinates me. I, I've been listening <laughs> to Systematic since episode one. And, and your reads are just fascinating to me. <laughs> I don't know how to take that, but. <laughs> no, they're I, wonderful. I've been the subject of a few studies. Fruitful, so, hopefully. Um, sure. <laughs> um, so let's see. You, you obviously we've talked about integrating technology to some extent in your daily life. Um, you recently went, or at least attempted to go iPad only. Yes. Now, what was the the reason for that? So this happened two years ago, and primarily I was trying to figure out a way that I could continue to use Apple products and reduce the cost to the community. Now, everything that I, everything that I own, everything that I have the use of, uh, including, I mean, my clothing, has been a gift from somebody else. Uh, one of the things that we do as religious is we vow poverty, and that means different things to different religious communities but for us, uh, that means we don't have individual ownership of everything, but we're allowed the use of things for the sake of our ministry. However, we also are mendicants, which means that we beg for stuff. So my MacBook Pro and my, the Rota podcaster that I'm using here and uh, pretty much every other device that I have has been given to me through the good graces of others uh, with permission. And, and so to reduce that burden, I wanted to figure out a way that I could still continue to use the Apple products that I love and that I know and that are mostly my hobby also uh, and reduce that cost. And the iPad seemed like a perfect way to do that. And it's worked out pretty well. So, uh, well, what, what, let's start with what you haven't been able to do. What, uh, what's, been, what's been the sticking point with switching to an iPad-only workflow? Well, there's two things. One, I'm really happy about. I can't be the guy running around with a MacBook Pro plugging in different network cables everywhere and testing them to make sure that they work. That is wonderful. Not doing that level of tech support for, for the problems that arise is <laughs> a blessing. <laughs> I, I hate it. I, anyone that's had to do it, I had to rebuild a network uh, a couple years ago and it was the most brutal thing. I, I had to rebuild it for hardware and everything. It was just... I, I agree. That is uh, the worst part of computing. It's horrible. And it took hours and weeks. Anyway, I can't do that anymore. because. So, what, so now you're just like, I don't know. I have an iPad. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that guy over there has a, has a laptop. Go ask him. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know? So I'm pretty happy about that. The other thing is 
Squarespace, actually. The, the, uh, the way I write for the web is mostly through Markdown and Multi-Markdown. And currently the apps that Squarespace has don't work well with that, especially if you're going to do more advanced things. And so I still need to log on to the web interface to use all the various tools on Squarespace. But that's about it. Just about everything else I can do on the, on the iPad. Well, you can log into the web interface on the iPad, can't you? You can, but it's a little, it's a little funky. Okay. Yeah, it, it works. Like, you can do it, but it doesn't always work well. What kills me on the iPad, and the reason I could never go iPad only, is lack of system-wide services and utilities. Hmm. That in itself. Like, I use services and custom key bindings like crazy. I, I have trouble functioning without them. And apps like Editorial can can replicate almost all of my services, but they're not universal. And I switch apps and I lose everything. And that that's a deal breaker for me right now. And I don't see it ever changing. I it's probably know. not. It's probably not. In fact, I mean, my fear is that we're going to see the Mac OS go in that direction. And, and, and that really worries me. I think there'll always be the terminal or something like that underneath, but the uh, more advanced sort of interfaces like services and whatnot, I don't, I don't know how long those are going to well, survive. There, there's the potential that it gets to a point where you have to jailbreak your Mac to do the, the stuff that I do. Right. But I don't see it going that way anymore. With Apple's you know, uh, support, the, the, the way they increase the Apple script library in well, that's Mountain Lion, true. I mean, they've shown in various ways that they're still interested in power users to some extent. Well, and I think that, I think what you say is true. Uh, and I think that the, the most recent update to iWork is also an example of that. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong. Yeah, well, I hope I'm wrong too. <laughs> Doomsayer. <laughs> um, okay, so so the iPad only thing, it's it's the result of... Of wanting to uh, reduce costs, basically. Yeah, reduce costs, simplify. And overall, things you say are working out well. With Absolutely. Two sticking points. What uh, what kind of stuff are you doing on your iPad every day now? Well, all of my writing is done on the on the iPad. I, I also use editorially in Byword and notes and or drafts. Sorry, the the. And there's a whole workflow that I developed in order to make that work. Uh, you sync it in with Dropbox so that I then have access to it on the Mac if I need to. And sadly, <laughs> sadly, I say, everything always ends up in pages and then formatted properly for the way that uh, professors want things turned in. But if it's going straight to the web, then editorially is, is the end point and then everything just gets copied. Or rather, I've got services that move things where they need to go in order to uh, just let it publish on the web the way it's supposed to look, and it's perfect. It's just, it's, that's an amazing app. Yes. It, makes me, it makes me want to learn Python, which I've never <laughs> learned. It's what made me start learning Python, that yeah. and Sublime Text. I've never used Sublime Text. How is that? On, on the Mac, it is my editor of choice. I use nothing else for coding. I, I use multi-mark.composer and byword for writing, but when it comes to coding... I, I don't use anything else anymore. Wow. Wow. That says something. It's just such an extensible, powerful, and 
somehow despite its origin very mac like interface once once you get used to it I, and i don't mean the interface not the ui it's yeah. not mac like but the actual the text fields and everything conform to coco standards so i find it very uh i find find myself very at home in it that's pretty awesome i mean what i've what i've kind of set myself my my sights right now is to learn to use well is bb edit bb edit's awesome yeah they're yeah. all awesome like they're if i had to sit down if you confine me to using just TextMate or just bb edit or just sublime text they're all extensible to a point where i could make a perfect environment out of any of them yeah but sublime text has just been the most appealing to me for the last year and once you get once you get nested into an editor and once you build up all your preferences and you have everything set up the way you like it so that your Ruby files open with two space uh, <laughs> tabs and your markdown files open using hard tabs and um, like once you get all that set up, it's really hard to switch and start over again. No, it's true. I'm, I'm finding that I'm using the different editors for different purposes. So even on the Mac, like... I th- by the way, thank you for NVAlt. NVAlt, uh, or maintaining it at least, is wonderful for so many different reasons. And I've started to use recently its uh, like personal wiki mm-hmm. uh, functionality, which is awesome. I use I, that I have, frequently. Oh, I have so much use for it. It's wonderful. You know what I do is I keep, like for my blog, I keep ideas, like post ideas, and then when I'm ready to work on one, I I just select it and hit Command Shift L, and then create a new note that is then a wiki link to that line in my. It's like a task paper formatted list, and then I can write the post, and then I can go back to my list and link to all the posts that I'm working on. It's like my draft center. I I find that really handy. That's that's almost effectively what I do. I I use usually ideas come to me. Uh, at mass or wherever, and I jot them down really quickly on drafts, and then I send it directly to NVAlt, and then I manipulate it there. Yeah. The wiki linking is entirely Zachary Shirnov's concoction, and I am greatly appreciative of it. It was a really good addition to a solid notes app. I agree completely. Um, so I lost my train of thought because we started talking about editors. No, that's okay. I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's editors is such a big thing nowadays. Everybody's trying to find the perfect editor. So, well, here's the thing about multiple apps for different applications. Like people, I often hear trying to um, consolidate. They want one app that does everything. And my brain has never worked that way. I want the right app to do the one thing. Exactly. I, I, I love the website, uh, one, one, thing, one well. thing Well. Yeah, yes. One Thing Well is great. great. And I really do agree with that, with that uh, philosophy that we should have an app that does one thing really, really well and use multiple apps. If we don't do that, especially in a text editor world, then we just end up recreating Microsoft Word. Well, and that's where the iPad fails for me, is if I have a whole bunch of apps that do one thing well, but they can't talk to each other, or it can't easily talk to each other, it gets it gets to be more work than it's worth for me. No, that's true. But the the dialogue for open as has helped a lot with that, and also URL callback. Right. That's that's 
I couldn't survive without <laughs> Launch Center Pro anymore. Yeah. yeah. And drafts. Ah, uh, drafts. Drafts is brilliant. Those guys, Agile Tortoise, are just amazing. Yes. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> drafts, drafts never. I'm, I'm on the beta, so I'm always seeing what's new in drafts. And editorial as well. And both of those guys are, are they're killing it. It's, they're wizards. It's crazy. Yes. Wizards. Yeah. Old, I, old I aspire. I aspire like Oli and Greg and, uh, and Jesse from uh, like task paper and folding text. Yeah. Those are the guys that I kind of model myself after. It's, it's kind of, uh, the, the, the society of mad scientists, I think. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, okay. So let's see. What does mendicant mean? Uh, like, one who precisely, begs. One who begs. It, one from, who begs. From Latin. Mendicare. All right. Uh, to beg. And when you say to beg, you're not talking about like panhandling. Now, effectively, you're talking about requesting, aren't you? Yeah, but it's kind of the same thing. It's to some degree. I mean, we just tend to be, I would say, more successful at it than <laughs> the local panhandler. I mean, because you you know you know that generally the uh, the money isn't you know going down the throat or up the arm. So yeah, people are very generous to us. We ask for our needs, and people respond in kind. And if the way I've always seen it is that if we ask for something or if I ask for something and I don't receive it or we don't get it, then that means we didn't need it. So does that mean you're not allowed to hold any kind of job? Yeah, no, no, no jobs. Well, there is an, an exemption to that, which tends to be more like professorial work. Okay. Uh, there's a number of Dominicans that are professors. And you're allowed to take pay for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't take anybody that has a job like that. They don't take the pay directly. Okay. It goes to the province, and then we all we all receive an allowance, a monthly allowance that's set by the by the community and by the province. So the, you're communists, uh, communitarian, socialists. Communitarian is probably the better way to to put it. That's intriguing. Yeah, I had uh, we had a whole club. In my early college years, we actually got it on the roster. It was the Verbal Masturbators Club, <laughs> and uh, and we would we would discuss the merits of anarchism and socialism and and the detriments of them, and and get down into the core of can society handle um, systems like you describe. Like, would it work on a mass scale, or what? What would you have to do to make it work? Do you it think doesn't really? Yeah. It, does it work for you though? It does. It does work for for small groups within a larger society. There is actually a test case of this back during the Renaissance with the Carmelites, and I believe it was in the in, in the town of Avila, Spain. Uh, Saint Teresa of Avila. She was founding a new monastery in the town, and the people rioted. Because there were too many, there were too many monasteries effectively that needed to be supported by the working people and by the no, mostly by the nobles, but also by the working and the merchants and whatnot. And it was such a drain on the local economy that it was impoverishing the local economy. And to just add one more Carmelite monastery was enough to cause the city to riot. Huh. Yeah, it, it, it can get. It's it's a huge. It can be a huge burden. On, yeah. on the people after a while. Huh. Um, 
Yeah, well, I think that uh, I think our ultimate conclusion was that systems like that would only work in like a uh, what would you call it? Like small communities that basically are on a barter system with each other, where there's still some degree of capitalism, uh, free market between the between the groups, and then within the groups, you'd have basically an anarchist principles. Which is essentially, I mean, you, what you're describing is, it's socialism, but I don't, do you guys answer to, a, a, like, a hierarchy of power? Yeah, we do. We have an elected structure. We're, we're the oldest, we're the longest existing democracy in the world right now. So, we have, uh, we elect all of our superiors all the way up. Okay. And then, can they be impeached? Technically, yes. They're, the council uh, that we also elect and partially appointed can uh, can remove them, or the person above them can remove them for very specific, narrow reasons. And what's your as a as a religious institution? What's your uh, responsibility to the government, the U.S. government? Gosh, that's a great question. Uh, we don't really have a responsibility to them. We don't really pay taxes. Certain things we do, uh, like if we have employees, we have to pay certain taxes for that and whatnot, but that's just, but like individually, yeah, we don't really have much, we're not really beholden to the, the feds that much. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I like what you're doing. Yeah. So do I. I couldn't do it myself, but I'm impressed. It's a very, it's a very intriguing society, uh, social order and and belief system. Well, yeah, I mean, we're coming up on our 800th anniversary. Wow. That, that yeah, that will be in another two years. This yeah, this is 2014. Yeah, so another two years, uh, we will have been founded uh, 800 years now uh, without any kind of breaks in the middle of that. It's a continuous 800 years. And really, as I as I mentioned to you earlier before we started recording, the history of the Dominican Order parallels a lot of what's going on in the development of Western civilization. I mean, we, we built the major universities of Europe into what they became uh, because of the prestige of our scholars. Uh, we invented international law uh, in Salamanca, Spain, uh, along with our brother uh, Juan de las Casas, who was fighting to protect the rights of the uh, natives in Guatemala. I mean... So it's actually a very interesting and a great story. It is. Uh, from what from what you've told me face to face and what we've been talking about here, I, I it makes me want to go find a book. Is there a book on the Dominican sect? Or uh, I'm sorry, is it a order? Sect? Order. order is the order, order is the right right term. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I would start with the actually with the Wikipedia entry. It's actually pretty good. I, I'm I'm wondering if in the uh, in Rome somewhere they have somebody that edits the Wikipedia entry because it's mostly accurate. Well, you would think in 800 years they'd get it right, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's the oldest physical object you've ever laid your hands on? Um, a copy. It's it's a specific copy of a well, excluding the unknown age of certain relics. Let's say. Uh, something that I know what the date is, is a certain copy of the scriptures that's in multiple languages from the 1400s. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever touched anything more than maybe 200 years old. 
Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy and cool. Like a couple years ago, we had in a, we had this display case in the hallway and there was these books that the priest would use to, or the priest used to say mass out of. And this was from England during the time of the, of the Catholic persecutions. And, you know, many of the priests that use these books died because they were using those books. And there was an old, an old Irish priest that was here visiting and he asked to see him and he just kind of like bent down and was crying and, you know, kissed the book because uh, of the faith of those, those men and, and their kind of valor. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, I'm going to do our next sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is Squarespace, but this has nothing to do with our previous discussion of Squarespace, which was not sponsored. That was that was uh, organic. This, however, is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code SPRINGTIME. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful templates for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Everything is drag and drop so it's easy to add content from your desktop and even rearrange elements of content within a page. Squarespace makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device because every Squarespace website has its own unique mobile design. You can easily connect Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google, and many more web and social services. Squarespace also has e-commerce on their platform, so if you want to set up shop and sell things, you can in just a few minutes. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you need some help, over 70 Squarespace employees are on the customer care team based in New York City. They're available for live chat during the week and have super fast email support throughout day and night. As I said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required, and if you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. Make sure to get 10% off and support the show by using the offer code SPRINGTIME. So thanks to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and Systematic. All right, we'll start the top three picks now. Okay, but uh, before that, I just want to say I, I do love Squarespace. Uh, there, there are some things that I wish they would do better with their apps, but gosh, it's such an amazing service. That's I, I have yet to really dive into it myself. Uh, while I greatly appreciate their sponsorship, I'm, I'm a very much a, a DIY guy. Yeah. But, but I hear such great things. People you, overall are so happy. You use Jekyll, right, for your yeah, site? Yeah, I do. And I built I built sites on WordPress, Drupal, uh, well, more more CMSs than I can count, um, and and sites from scratch, site static. I use Jekyll now, but I've never gotten into like a hosted provider at all. Yeah, it. Uh, I just decided to go ahead and do that, uh, mostly because of Five by Five and the different recommendations that were there, but also because I really didn't want to do the coding. I just wanted to write content. And that's the difference. I really, really do want to do the coding. So I completely understand that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you, you, you didn't give me any warning on your top picks. These are going to be a total surprise to me. No, they're going to be totally hipster too, because yeah, most of, most of the top picks that you've had are like apps and whatnot. There's been some variation, but, uh, I, I think I'm going to go hipster. I, I applaud you. 
Yeah. Why don't you tell me what your first one is? Harry's. What? Harry's. Oh, man. I, I'm telling you what. I don't shave that often, <laughs> but when I do, <laughs> I want to have a really good shave. And the, um, the reality is, is that for me, it's, I, I've got super sensitive skin. And these razors uh, that, I don't know the whole story, but the founder of that, I think, is one of, was one of the founding partners of Warby Parker and then started this good shaves for less sort of thing. And I've been using them for a while to, they, they have a wonderful razors, wonderful uh, uh, shaving cream and every, everything. It's just a great, great service that they provide for really inexpensive. So it's harrys.com, right? Yeah, just harrys.com. And you're endorsing everything they sell? Well, I mean, I've only, I've only used their regular razors and their aftershave. I've never used anything else. But I really like their aftershave and I really like their, their razors. They're super sharp and just, they, I don't, when I, when I shave with those razors, I actually don't really get razor burn. And, wow, those uh, are surprisingly cheap. You're right. Yeah, they're very inexpensive. And I, I, I haven't seen their better. I mean, the only thing that would be better is to get like a really cool vintage straight razor and then fiddle with that and use that. <laughs> and slice yourself up. Pretty much, yeah. If there's an earthquake, this is the Bay Area. If there's an earthquake, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm done. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not playing that game. There were earthquakes while we were at Macworld, and I didn't even know it. There was. I, actually, I think they were down south, though. Yeah, they were. LA. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was good that uh, David Sparks and his family were up here because I think the the uh, earthquake was fairly near to their place. So. Wow. Yeah, I'm not, not too sure. I don't know exactly the, the uh, locale. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know that Southern California place. It's a big mystery to me. Yeah, it's kind of crazy down there. It's really hot. Hot and, yeah, crazy. Not like Florida crazy, though. No, nothing's like Florida crazy. I, no. oh, gosh, Florida. Except for maybe South Carolina, but... I think I've been down that road too many times on that show. <laughs> well, I can, I, can, I can share the grief about Florida, but I don't know enough about South Carolina to complain that much. <laughs> I only know about their politics. I don't know. Like nothing. I haven't been to South Carolina more than once, and I have no like negative experience with the people there, unlike Florida. We're all going to be sued by the better business bureaus of these places, I'm sure, at some do, point. Do, do states have BBBs? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just figuring that. I think they're, I, they're I think I'm like immune. This. I think I have I have free speech. Yeah. <laughs> um, For now. <laughs> so you've got uh, you've got a kit that comes with shave cream, a super sharp razor, aftershave, extra blades, and what looks like a bar of soap, and it's only fifteen dollars. Yeah. Compared to most hipster picks, that's pretty darn inexpensive. Super inexpensive and really nice. Look, and I'm 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 a, I'm a monk, man. I, I only have seventy five bucks a month that I can kind of fritter away. So a I got a month, I, man. I, I get mad at seventy five dollar a day per diems. Oof, gosh, <laughs> that was geez. so redundant. Seventy five dollar per diems. We'll just say that. Wow. Yeah. The apps I could buy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have more in my iTunes account. To spend on movies and apps right now than you get in a month, and that makes me feel weird. <laughs> That's okay. I should I should budget better. Um, 
Okay, so the the tagline for this website is handsomer, sharperer, less expensiver. Harry's. I like it. Nice. All right. Well, my first pick is one that I just discovered. It's an iPhone app. Uh, it's called Video Mix, and it's, uh, I guess, basically you can create uh, collages. You have your basic. You, you open it up, and you get these layout settings where you have like three up top and one big underneath, and three left, two left. You know, whatever. It's like twenty different layouts to choose from, and then you can in each spot add a picture and make, you know, a standard kind of collage or you can add videos and you can set the videos to play in sequence or simultaneously. And then at the end, you can now put a single movie that basically plays your collage and it's pretty cool. It has a lot of options for like changing colors and borders and stuff that I don't, I don't need. I'm pretty happy with a light gray two pixel border. But as far as the actual output of the thing, it's really pretty cool. This one's really nice. I have to check the price on it. Um, it was not terribly expensive. Oh, it was free. <laughs> That's, that, that sometimes is terribly expensive. Well, you can unlock the pro version. And I don't remember what I unlocked, but, uh, but 99 cents is what the pro version costs inside the app. And you can add soundtracks to your videos. You can mix the existing soundtracks or add your own music. You can add custom text titles. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's it's nifty. That's really nice. I mean, I end up doing a lot of presentations and uh, lectures and talks on different things. And that sounds like that would actually be fun to play with, just to project something up that I've created beforehand. Because I really don't like the... the, keynote presentation format sort of thing, the traditional way of doing it. Yeah. But something like that sounds like it'd be really fun. Did you know Dexet officially came out today? Yeah, I saw your announcement about that, in fact. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched about that as far as presentations go. Uh, Markdown is awesome. Anyway, <laughs> anything I, that uses Markdown, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I use AirMail, right, because it has Markdown. Now, multi-Markdown support. It's awesome. I use MailMate for that reason. Yeah. I didn't know AirMail added it. Heck yeah. Wow. I might have Multimark- to give it a second look, but yeah, multi has got me by the heartstrings right now. Well, it's a good. It's that's a good. That's a good app. It's a great app. It's so powerful. I can write TextMate bundles for my mail app, and that's awesome. But that that is awesome. I was going to mention. I'll send you my. Uh, I have a script that converts Markdown into Reveal.js presentations too. Nice. Which can be really nice because they have like presenter notes and overviews. You hit escape and you can tab through your presentation really quickly. And you can do sub slides where you can like go vertically. If you're scrolling horizontally through your slides, you can have sub slides that are like up and down navigation. It's pretty cool. That is awesome. That is that's really sweet. Yeah. I won't I won't publish it for everybody, but I'll send you a copy. I feel loved. I feel loved. You are loved. All right. So what's your second pick? My second pick is the coffee that I can't live without is Tonks. <laughs> did, you did, know you they, s- did you know they partnered with Blue Bottle today? Yeah, their announcement. I just saw that. Uh, at about, I got their, their email at about one fifteen, and I said, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, Blue Bottle is really cool. So Blue Bottle is amazing. Like, what they, yeah. I don't know about them as a company. I know nothing, but... 
as as a coffee maker, as a as a purveyor of coffee, they're awesome. No, yeah, the product is is impressive, and that's why I think it's probably a good marriage. I know that eventually, as they said, the Tonks brand is going to go away. So I'm pretty happy that I have one of those. Uh, I got other people hooked on Tonks T-shirts. Yeah, you, you were wearing one at, yeah. uh, at MacWorld, right? Yes. Yeah, I have. A, I'm like, this is like. There's only a few of us that have this now. <laughs> They're going away. No more Tonks. And they've promised to send me a hoodie, which I've never received. Uh-oh. And I'm upset about that. But I, also, I have the coffee mug, too. Nice. Well, Is that the one with the little cat in it? No. No, it just has the Tonks logo. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I am I'm a huge Tonks fan. I've been drinking, admittedly, quite a bit of BBOE lately. Oh, the uh, the black blood of the earth. The uh, the the man over there at Funranium Labs is is awesome. Oh and man, fact- did I tell you? I don't know if I said this on the show or not, but when I ordered from him, uh-huh. he sent me a personal email that was quite lengthy, explaining like how to measure it out, how many shots were safe to <laughs> to do in a day. I love um, it. And and just like it was very personalized and it was awesome. It was like you know ordering from a real person. Uh, I can I can attest that Phil is a real person and he's a really good guy. He's really really nice. And matter of fact, I just I just saw him myself and him and another one of our friends, uh, Ed Zitrion. We all went to go meet up with uh, Glenn Fleischman for his. Uh, unveiling of the magazine the book nice. the other day here in San Francisco yeah nice so yeah. do you uh do you, do you as a, a priory subscribe to tonks no no i use part of that $75 to get tonks so i only have a half stack yeah and that's that's exactly one 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 cup of tonks a day but that's okay cuz we also make coffee down here and it's not not bad but uh, that's my treat every once a day Somewhere around one, two o'clock in the afternoon, I push myself a Tonks and. How do you make your coffee? Aeropress. How many grams of beans do you use in a single Aeropress? Fourteen. And you make a you make a half stack or a half what? I forget. You make the half one last a month. Yeah. No. 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 Every two weeks. Oh, so two it's weeks. okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on the two week rotation. So yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I switched. Exactly two weeks. I switched to the half a little while ago. And I do the same. I make about one cup a day at, at 14 grams. And I was running out way too early and resorting to inferior beans for the rest of the two-week period. It's very sad. It is. I had to switch back. But the, the black blood of the earth is is in in conjunction with the Tonks. I can nice. pull it off now. Nice. And that, that stuff that's lasts amazing. a while, too. It is. He He actually has a recipe for using, what is it? One part black blood of the earth and three parts vodka. I thought it was the other way around. No, yeah, no, I don't think it's the other way around. No, because One because three. three, because only I think you're only supposed to have safely three, three shots of black blood of the earth yeah. a day. Well, and I, or, I ordered the one called Death Wish. Oh no, which That's... which comes with special <laughs> special <laughs> restrictions. We we actually here at the prior we actually made a beer with uh with uh, we brew uh, our own beer here and uh we actually made a coffee stout with black blood of the earth oh man it was awesome the first time i tried it, it kept me up all night it was the worst i'm so coming to visit you you have to you it'd be the best <laughs> all right all right so 
Tonks, yes. I, Tonks. I wholeheartedly agree with your recommendation. I'd be surprised if I've never recommended that before. Yeah, I don't I don't recall. I, I don't recall it being I think mentioned. you're correct. I think it's I think it has always slipped through. Partly because I want them I want so badly for them to sponsor me. So um, I've I've been waiting. But no, this is awesome. And um my second pick, right? I'm on yeah. I'm on two. Yeah, you're uh, on two. It's this app last week I was talking with uh my guest about quantified self applications. And there's this one that I just found called Data Love. And I think I actually found it through One Thing Well, uh, the website. And it basically lets you quantify anything. You can have, like, your weightlifting, your study time, your running, um, your, your diet. Anything that has a quantifiable measurement, you can record in this app. And you can set up, like, a specific type of data and what kind of increments it has. And then you can just tap really quickly and just add and start timers and start scales and all of these things that just eventually compile all of your data and it's exportable in JSON and other formats so that you can actually create spreadsheets from it. You can import it into other applications. You can use the data for any kind of uh, like chart or, or statistic generation and it's also free. Uh, you can upgrade upgrade to Pro for two ninety nine. So we'll call it a two ninety nine app. But it is very comprehensive as far as what you can record. That's really nice. It's like slogger for your well. And I'm, going to, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, make an importer for slogger to allow you to turn your your quantifications into day one entries. That is awesome. I think it will be pretty cool. That is awesome. Oh, people would love that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I like... The the difference for me is that Slogger's automated, and I don't have to record anything. Like, my Fitbit records what I do. My Twitter records what I think, or at least what I'm willing to admit <laughs> that I think. And, uh, and, and all of these things, just they automatically show up. And this requires you to, to consciously record them. But I'm coming to the realization that if I consciously record anything, I am more considerate of that, of my yeah. time, of, of what I'm eating, of things like that, instead of just having things be automated and then telling me at the end of the day what I did. If I record it manually during the day, I'm far more aware of what I'm doing. And that's really important, especially if you want to change habits. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, I like that. It's called data love. I'm just super lazy, so I don't know if I'd ever actually be able to do that. Like, I would do it for a week, and then I'd be like, oh, this is so hard. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes, because I am very much the same way. And that's why I've always defaulted to the automated stuff. And that's why I've worked so hard. That's why I built Slogger. So we didn't have to think <laughs> about this kind of thing. But I really am working on being more thoughtful about what I do and what I consume. No, that's awesome. That's, that's a good goal. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so what's your third pick? Third pick is uh, you, you, you have now been the fruits of this as well, which is the, uh, the various... And sundry spirits from the St. Gregory Distillery yes. out here in Alameda, California. 
And again, I have to bring up Phil from uh, Funranium. He has been very generous to purchase for me and the, the Priory various drinks uh, stemming from the most amazing vodka I've ever had in my entire life to eau de vie, to gin, to, I mean, we even have absinthe that he's gotten us and it's, it just goes like, it's amazing. But, I, ha- I have their absinthe right now and it is by far the best absinthe I've ever had. Isn't it amazing? Like, I, I don't think people understand. Like, when you try their alcohol, well, their, their, their different liquors, it's better than pretty much anything that I've ever had. I, I'm so impressed with them. You're going to have to send me a link because I can't find it on the web now. I don't know if, I don't even know, like, if they have. I'm sure they, I'm sure they do. Who doesn't have a website? You never know. I you mean, have a website. You're a monk. I know, right? <laughs> 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 well, the reason why, so there, there's a story behind that. For Well, it's, I actually got to the point where I had exceeded the limit of Facebook friends you're allowed to have. And so I figured I had to change the way that I was doing things. A limit by Facebook or by the Priory? By Facebook. Oh, wow. That's a lot yeah. of friends. Yeah. And, well, but, you know, sometimes it's just like a bunch of people who like to collect religious. And so they, <laughs> you notice you're like, oh, you have 70, 75 friends in common. And you look at it and it's like all these random religious and priests. And I'm sure. like, yeah, this is a little creepy. But... Anyway, so I, I, I separated out certain people that now friends are only people that I actually know them uh, in real life. And there's a whole bunch of followers and they can, they're free to do that. And then I have a different community that I interact with on Twitter. And then the, the website was designed to be kind of the centerpiece of everything, the centerpiece of all of the different social medias. And that's kind of put on hold for the moment uh, for various, I think, good reasons. But uh, there's still a lot of content there on the site. Hmm. But yeah, no, I'm I'm seeing if I can find. I can do a little uh, um, duck duck go action here. That's what uh, I was just I was just pouring through it. Spirits of Saint Gregory, which is not it. I don't think. Um. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't get the link for that one. I'm honestly not sure there is one. I don't know if there is, honestly. So, so we'll just have to tell people that wh- wh- where have you found it's easiest to buy this stuff? The only place that I've seen it is in uh, here in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and some of the bars in the area they have contracts with. And I believe they sell it at Cask, don't they? Do they? I I think I think I can't be certain. Ah, oh, here it is, Saint Saint George Spirits. And sorry, there is a website. It's just St. George's or St. George Spirits.com. Maybe I spelled something wrong. It's happened. Once oh, or twice. Yeah, you're right. It, first result, if you do it right. Yeah. All right. St. Saint, Saint George Spirits.com. Awesome. And I'm telling you, amazing. Amazing. The, the vodka, it was so funny. It was, I just got their standard. They have all different kinds of vodka. And I'm a huge vodka drinker. Well, not every day, but <laughs> Wait, what's the word again? What's the uh, hol- moderation? Odd hilari totem. Odd hilari totem. Yeah. Yes. But uh, it, when I'm drinking, I prefer to drink vodka or some variation on vodka. And 
I was at a tasting at at the distillery with with Phil, and that was the thing that I chose at the very end to finish everything with. And I'm telling you, it just sent me into kind of like mystical contemplation. It was the most amazing vodka. It tasted like something, <laughs> which is wonderful. <laughs> it tasted like something. Right, because Anything. that's... Exactly, right? I mean, that's the problem with American vodka. Most American vodka and a lot of the vodka that we have here in the US, the, the, the hallmark is, does it taste like nail polish remover or nothing? And that's, what, that's the way people's minds, I think, tend to work with vodka. But elsewhere in the world, like Poland, we've got Polish brothers that live with us. They have so many different varieties of vodka, including this wonderful vodka that they had us try. It uh, has buffalo grass in it, which, which adds to its flavor. And it's just amazing. But this stuff, this, uh, this I think it was called Hangar One is the, the name of the vodka, was just exemplary. So how do you like that? That's, that's uh, uh, shaving coffee and booze. I love it. I love it. The hipster picks. Uh, the monk, the monk shaving hips, shaving booze, coffee hipster mix. <laughs> it's um, perfect. I uh, I just looked up on their uh, retailer locator. They yep. apparently have a deal with uh, distribution deal with Festival Foods because all of the areas, all of the stores within a hundred miles of me that sell it are Festival Foods. But oh, wow. there is one within a half hour drive of me that is that stocks their spirits so awesome and that's nice. in minnesota so uh, it looks like they're in all the states and they they do have a product locator on their site so it'll even tell you what bars are serving it nice that's yeah that's that's awesome comprehensive if you will <laughs> yes for 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 a company that i wasn't sure had a website five minutes ago <laughs> it's a very good website yeah, it is. It's nice. All right. So my last pick is in our speaker bags at Macworld, we got these uh, Skiva convertible charging cables. And uh, David Sparks wrote about them on his blog. And they're basically they're micro USB cables with a, an attached adapter that turns it into a lightning cable. And now Apple sells micro USB to lightning adapters, but this is one cable that is basically convertible. And... It is everything, like everything I own currently that I need to charge, charges on one or the other of those. So it's one cable that I can keep in my car, plug into my USB and my stereo, and charge anything I have. And um, I went to Amazon to find them and actually ended up getting the EZO Power mm -hmm. uh, version of this. And I actually, I like it better. Um so that's what I'm going to link in the show notes. But either way, my pick is actually just these convertible charging cables because they are the, – you don't have to keep track of any adapters and you only have to carry one cable, assuming nice. you only need to charge one thing at a time. So with my, my um, reservoir power brick and one of these cables, I'm set. I can go anywhere without worrying about anything dying. That's really nice. Yeah, that's like, that's simplifying. I'm practically yeah. a monk already. See, there you are, right away. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I mean, I, I have the, I'm one of those suckers that got an iPad a couple months prior to the release of the 
um, updated iPad 3 with the lightning. so I still have a 30 yeah. pin yeah so instead Ugh. of lightning Ugh. I got rid of my iPad almost entirely because of the 30 pin cable it's awful it really is it's it's uh, it's not as bad as I think it's Nexus that's using the uh, the USB 3 cable right now the one with the like wide adapter and the divot in the top yeah that only fits one way and requires like you have to see what you're doing to get it in there's no way you're fumbling that thing in in the dark wow this just turned into an after dark show but um, (laughs) (laughs) but but the lightning cable man i can do that one-handed behind my back pitch black it's i i love it it's great it nothing but net (laughs) exactly Exactly. And again, depending on how you interpret what we're talking about, this could be dirty or not. Or not. But you can't you can't you, you can't even think about that stuff, right? You have like um celibacy. I'm not I'm not the only one that's not supposed to think about that kind of stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah. Am I not supposed to? Well, I don't know. If it's appropriate, maybe. <laughs> My mind always goes to the gutter because I assume everyone else is. Well, so I try I've... to preempt them. It it proves that you're a person, <laughs> or something. And, uh, yeah, you know, people do these things. I again, I appreciate your perspective. <laughs> All right, well, that is our episode ninety one. Nicely done. Yeah, no, it's good. I I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. You can be found on Twitter as l u k e i four six five five. Is that a reference to a biblical passage? Yeah, it's very kitschy. It's the uh, it's Luke I is one uh, Luke I forty six fifty five. It's the Magnificat. It's uh, yeah, Catholics out there might know it, but it's the the hymn that Mary sings after the angel Gabriel announces the uh, the incarnation to her. Ah, uh, nice. I think. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I have actually I have read the entire Bible cover to cover. Um, that, that proves that you're not Catholic. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, but I um I I I yeah I, I, I when I got to the realization that there were so many redacted books of the Bible that were really contested in many sects of of Christianity I I started to lose my belief that the Bible as we have it this is a whole nother discussion this is a whole nother podcast but I started to lose my faith that the Bible was like the Bible as we have it on our bookshelves now is the ultimate word of God. Like it's been so redacted and revised by the hand of man that the whole concept started to seem odd to me. Yeah. I could imagine that, especially coming from the tradition that you came from, there's more of a, uh, this is going to be super controversial, but there's more of a Quranish sort of approach to the scripture than you think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, kind of like dropped out of the sky, sort of fully formed sort of deal. But Right, which once yeah. you learn is completely not true. Yeah. It it shakes your faith a little. It does. Well, if, if, lot, if you in have, my case. Yeah, no, if you have that as a preconception. But again, that's not the Catholic perspective because, you know, we kind of put it together. So the, <laughs> <laughs> kind of know how it kind of went together. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, um, no, it's fun. Leave it on controversy. Yeah. It keeps, it keeps people listening, I think, yes. or not. All right, and you are also Luke I forty six fifty five on app dot net, and you do have a website at eighthway e i g h t h w a y dot com. That's correct. 
And is there anywhere else you want to mention? Uh, I'm, I am on Facebook, even though I hate Facebook. And, and again, it's that same, uh, Luke, I 4655, uh, you know, the facebook.com slash, uh, Luke, I 4655 pretty much. If you just put that in, or you put in brother Gabriel Mosier, M O S H E R in uh, duck, duck, go search or some other search of your choice, uh, then you'll find me pretty easily. All right. Are you on last FM? I don't remember. I'll have to look. I'm very curious about what you listen to. I think it was, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Spotify and RDO. I'll find you on Spotify. I'll follow you. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be scandalized. Huh? I can look at that. A lot of electronica anyway. Really? Oh, totally. At this point. You're so intriguing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot of that stuff. I'm I'm in love with, uh, and, and other things like I'm totally in love with, uh, uh, fits in the tantrums and Ello Black and stuff like that. Anyway. Nice. All yeah. right. All right. Well, I am Brett Terpstra. I'm TT Scoff everywhere. And you can find me at brettterpstra.com. And uh, you can you can contact me through the, the contact form at 5 by 5 And feel free to drop me uh, an audio greeting at brettterpstra.com slash audio drop. And, uh, and that's where I pick a lot of my guests these days are from people who submit there and tell me their stories. So feel free to do that. And thank you again, Brother Gabriel. Hey, happy, happy to be here. I'm just I'm very, I feel very privileged to be on your podcast. I feel privileged to have you. Thank you. All right. Everyone have a great week and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.